All hands, prepare for the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the Starfleet Escape Podcast, where we escape into the Star Trek universe. This is episode number 15. I'm Aaron Gallo. And I am Eric Berry. Marty might not be with us today. He might join us a little later. Um, he might beam in a little later. Yeah, he might beam in. So until then, uh, you just got the two of us. Uh, sorry. Two of us knuckleheads. <laughs> two of us knuckleheads. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? So today's episode is about uh, Star Trek collectibles. I am totally into this. <laughs> uh, me too. I think. Yeah, uh, I think many Star Trek fans, at least the really, 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 really diehard fans, are collectors in some form. Yeah, I, I think if you're a Star Trek fan, uh, getting some of the merchandise is par for the course of being a fan. You're, yeah. you're going to buy something Star Trek related at some point. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's not a model, it could be a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, movies could be collectible or collector's items. Yeah, people collect movies all the time. Yeah. My uh, my brother-in-law actually has probably thousands of DVDs. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, puts my DVD collection to shame. And he's got a lot of Star Trek in there, which is good. Uh, it's always good. So, uh, getting to the, the news, Eric, you called this. I did call it <laughs> the Star Trek uh, Best of Both Worlds Fathom event. Which is awesome. Yeah, I said uh, during the second uh, season premiere event that they had a couple months ago, I said, wow, it'd be really cool for if the third season they did the best of both worlds. And here it is. So they're actually doing a separate Blu-ray release of the best of both worlds. It comes in this really cool packaging with Locutus and you can fold it out and Captain Picard's image is right there. So it's presented in a movie format instead of a episode format. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I always liked that episode, probably one of my favorites. Same here. So I'm, I'm really excited that uh, Fathom is doing this. Every Fathom event I've been to, I, I've been to three now with Star Trek, uh, has just been completely awesome. And I think seeing the best of both worlds in, in a movie-style format is going to be pretty epic. Oh, definitely. It was, let's see, I, f- I forget what, se- well, season three, right? The cliffhanger? Yeah, season three cliffhanger. Now, I'm, I was too young to remember this episode when it aired i believe mm-hmm. so i always i saw it in syndication uh most likely right. uh, with the first part and then the second part mm-hmm. and i always remember if it was a two-day thing they would do you know the best of both worlds part one and then i'm like oh no i have to wait till the next <laughs> till tomorrow to see the next part of it <laughs> Well, you were lucky because I remember I was old enough to remember that. And um, I was uh, gosh, like eight when when the Best of Both Worlds premiered. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching it. I was glued to my seat. And then it's like to be continued. (laughs) I was like, what? And that was the first time 
I think this is one of the few first times that a television show had like a to be continued. It's 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 one of those things that didn't really happen a lot back then as a mm-hmm. epic season cliffhanger. Right. So I had to wait all summer, and I remember, and I I hear stories about a lot of fans who remember that time, and mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh, we had to wait all summer. What's going to happen?" And, yeah, I remember reading something about that somewhere someone was like oh you ruined my summer yeah yeah i i think that was uh that was one of the features for the one of the dvds okay uh, yeah that that was probably it that's probably yeah, where i saw it yeah and uh patrick stewart said that this family pulled up to him on the highway and they're like you ruined our summer <laughs> <laughs> i just think it's hilarious and yeah so it's april 25th that's when the fathom event is it's on a thursday they Mm. always seem to do these on thursdays which i think is a little weird right i would prefer it on a friday (laughs) myself i think i would too but they probably want to reserve fridays for like big movies yeah i can see that it's just um it's it's always a little hard to do on on a thursday especially if you got to work the next day and right but it's worth it for Star Trek. Uh, totally. I haven't been to any of these Fathom events yet, but I'm very, very, very tempted to do this one. I, I think you'd definitely be in for a treat. Um, yeah. They always they always do bonus features um, in the beginning, and then they do a break, more bonus features, and then they do a couple at the end. Okay. So it's pretty awesome. I mm. recommend anyone do this. And I think this choosing this episode is really going to fill up the theaters. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I don't know if there's any other two-part episode from the next generation that would be able to draw the attention that this one would. Yeah, I I mean, next generation they did quite a few two-parters mm-hmm. after the success of that, but I don't think any reached the caliber or the scope of the story that uh this one did. Right. So what we got next in the news? Uh, so next we have some more details in the trailer and screenshots from the new Star Trek game. Based on the movie. So you've watched the game trailer? Yes. It's called uh, Salvation. It's the official title of the, of the trailer. It's like over a minute long and it, ha- it showcased a lot of action sequences. Mm-hmm. It really showed the teamwork that you have to do with another player. Uh, since they're touting this as a two-player uh, action game, even though you can play it one player and the computer takes control of Spock or Kirk or whoever. Gotcha. But um, yeah, the trailer was definitely epic. Mm-hmm. It showed a lot of the Gorn in action, the new right. redesigned Gorn. I really loved the trailer for this. And they showed a few more uh, screenshots, including the first look of the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And it it looks gorgeous. It looks like a still from the movie, um, the screenshot that I saw. It was interesting because they, uh, one of the producers of the game, they said they wanted to make the Enterprise as much as a character as Kirk or Spock. Right. So you get to roam the Enterprise. You can go on the bridge. You can walk around the corridors. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. And like uh, we said in our deleted gaming segment that's on our website this looks like it's somewhat open world since you can explore the enterprise a little bit yeah 
which would be awesome because in the movies, you know, you, you only see what the director wants you to see. Exactly. So you can't like go around and, you know, control your view. Mm-hmm. But with this, you could, which is awesome. And since they've spent uh, a number of years working on this since the release of the first movie, so it's at least been in production for three years, Right. they've been able to utilize all of the materials uh, from the first movie. So everything is going to look exact. All the details are going to be accurate. So that's why I'm really excited to explore the enterprise. And for me, this game is really giving off a a mass effect feel Mm. that open world, definitely a lot of action. And I like the third person action. Right. So it, it looks really cool. I'm really excited for this game, for this game. It's going to be neat. Yeah, I haven't been excited for a game in a while. This will be awesome. Can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, and it's cool because uh, since it releases a little bit before the next movie, Mm -hmm. uh, this game actually takes place between the two movies. Right. So it'll be a nice side story. And it would be really interesting to see if they reference any of the events in the game in Mm -hmm. the second movie. I, I think that might be a neat trick if they do that. Yeah, that would be cool. Even if it's a throwaway line, I think that would be a nice bit of continuity. Definitely. So there's a there's an opportunity there. <laughs> yeah. So next, the SETI Institute has invited the public to vote on the names of Pluto's fourth and fifth moons. So apparently William Shatner suggested naming one of these moons Vulcan. Mm-hmm. And they have added Vulcan to the list of names that you can choose from. And from what I hear, it's leading the pack in the names. Yeah, it's um, leading the pack big time. It basically has um, almost half of the entire votes on the site. I think it was over, what, 300,000 votes? Mm. And they've got over 100,000 just for Vulcan. I mean, as a coincidence, Vulcan is the Roman god of lava and smoke and it's he's the nephew of pluto so it kind of works out since a lot of the planets and moons are based off roman gods right but how cool would it be if this moon was named vulcan i think that'd be awesome yeah no it would william shatner also suggested naming the other one romulus oh i didn't hear about that (laughs) yeah there's already a stellar body named Romulus, apparently. Oh. Uh, so, although it's not unheard of to have uh, two stellar bodies with the same name, it makes it more unlikely for them right. to have uh, the same name. So they didn't add that into the list <laughs> for voting. Voting ends noon Eastern on Monday, February 25th, 2013 so so when this episode releases (laughs) when this episode releases you have a few hours if you haven't heard of it yet to go out and vote do it now (laughs) do it now if you can do it now future people (laughs) so yeah cool uh next on our list here Mm -hmm. we've we've mentioned the the green girl uh movie that uh was in production They've started a Kickstarter. Kickstarter's goal is 80000 
and they need to reach this goal by Sunday, March 3rd at 2.59 a.m. Eastern. So we got nine days to go. Yeah. They're close to halfway. They're at uh, 35,000 right now. Yeah, so that's that's more than the last time I checked. Mm-hmm. Actually, quite a bit more. They didn't have this, these many backers last time I checked. Uh, so hopefully they do make it. Yeah, it would be great. Um, I thought uh, Susan Oliver was a great actress on Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So it'd be really great to have this documentary and... Just because she was such an iconic character, and a lot of people always think, oh, Star Trek, Captain Kirk and the green slave women. I mean, that's something right. everyone thinks about. Yeah, definitely iconic. Yeah. So if if, if you guys want to definitely uh, fund this project, I think it would be a, a great documentary. Uh, we'll provide the link in our show notes, uh, but you could also just go to kickstarter.com and search for the green girl uh, and you'll be able to find it. Yeah. You, you'll, uh, you'll know it when you see it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> you can't miss it. <laughs> Next uh, is a little, it's off topic, but pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, <laughs> so um, uh, we love fine uh, is a t-shirt company that has a lot of different um, nerd shirts uh, for sale. Mm-hmm. Every month they run uh, design contests where people can create their own unique design based on whatever the uh, category is for that month. So a couple months ago, they actually hosted a, a Star Trek design contest. I did not hear about that. I heard about it too mm. late, so I couldn't enter it. They sell Star Trek shirts on their site. Very unique and funny, kind of tongue-in-cheek humor. And they actually have the winners of that design contest for sale now on the site. Oh, cool. So in addition to being huge Trekkie, I'm also a really big Power Rangers fan. Been into the show since it started in 1993. So the show is uh, having their 20th anniversary right now. And recently they held a Power Rangers design contest. Submissions are closed now, but they just started the voting process for designs at the start of this week. So I entered uh, four different designs, which uh, we'll provide the links in in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of cool because I I put a lot of time into these designs. Um, I, I wanted to celebrate the franchise as a whole. So my main design is actually I illustrated all of the helmets uh, for all the Power Rangers that have been in every show, every series. And it's like 119 of them. So that was, that's uh, a pretty epic design and it's awesome. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, So it would be great if, um, if all of our listeners out there could um, maybe help me out, give mine uh, some ratings. So all the ratings are based on one to five, one being like, you think the design isn't really good. Five being the best. And I guess the website only captures, or they really count the votes that get a five. Okay. So it, ever since the voting started, um, mine's actually been in the lead, which is pretty cool. I'm really humbled that people are liking the design. But, I mean, there's some people nipping at my heels. So 
I'd appreciate any help that our community can provide too. Uh, it's cool. It's it's free to sign up for their site to vote. They've got some really great Star Trek merchandise. They've got uh, like Doctor Who, uh, My My Little Pony. Uh, I guess a lot of people are into My Little Pony. <laughs> I guess. Uh, they they already have uh, Power Ranger shirts. They've got Adventure Time. Uh, so they, they've got some pretty cool stuff already. Mm. Um, so I, I just appreciate if uh, people could vote for, for my designs and the links are in the show notes. Awesome. So it was funny that you mentioned Dr. Who and my little pony oh. because <laughs> totally off topic, but I saw online that going to sell a Dr. Who, my little pony. Really? Like an yeah. actual toy doctor who pony right is this for the 50th anniversary uh i would hope so i don't know why (laughs) why else (laughs) yeah that that seems a little weird yeah it was uh i don't know if i if the picture that they presented on the site was the actual uh my little doctor who my little pony but it was a pony with like just like a tie so it could have just been like a generic um doctor or maybe a um it would probably have to be a doctor i don't think they would do like a sidekick yeah well also also uh design related their newest contest Mm -hmm. is a star wars villain contest oh that's cool so you can make a design based off uh your favorite star wars villain or all of them mm-hmm. and uh yeah i might enter that one <laughs> too i i like star wars i really hope that they have another star trek contest uh in the future because i think that'd mm. be really cool so next i know it's our favorite segment oh yeah definitely would you buy it so before we say what this is would you buy this oh you're asking me yeah mm-hmm. i think it's funny yeah. but no, <laughs> mm. I, I I think it's a, a little bit um, too young for my taste. Gotcha. I would tend to agree, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it is kind of cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh. It's very unique. I've never seen this before. Right. At least for Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> so the product is called Stuck on Star Trek. So, <laughs> Stuck on Star Trek features 10 original and instantly recognizable scenes, including the Enterprise Bridge, Sick Bay, the Cantina. Was it? Yeah, I don't know if this, uh, this description came from Amazon.com. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the transporter and engine rooms, private quarters, as well as alien environments which set the stage for more than 30 reusable clean-on stickers. <laughs> clean on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, featuring everyone's favorite Starfleet crew, Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, Bones, Uhura, Sulu, Scotty, Chekhov, Nurse Chapel, their Klingon and Romulan adversaries. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the always doomed gener- generic red shirt guy. <laughs> As well as phasers, communicators, universal translators, ships, speech, and thought bubbles, costumes, and my favorite, tribbles. No! (laughs) (laughs) Why the tribbles? Uh, Um, 
Yeah. Actually, uh, now reading about this again, I, mm-hmm. I think it is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm so glad that they included generic red shirt guy. Yeah. You can't have. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. It, just in case you didn't gather what uh, this is, it's a, a book that has little stick on characters and you can Mm -hmm. make different scenes with these characters like you were playing with them yeah i've uh i i used to do these when i was a kid they're like the little plastic like clingy shapes and i think it's pretty cool i the the image from amazon it's kind of like a retro uh, packaging, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty cool, and it's going to be released uh, February 26, so a day after our episode airs. Mm-hmm. And you can pre-order it now for like ten bucks, like ten eighty-four. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty cheap for a cool product. I just don't know if I would get it personally. Yeah, I mean, if you had like a like a little kid that likes Star Trek. I think this would be a good, unique piece to give them. Or for someone who's really into the original series, uh, this true. this might be a, a great collectible if they already have a sizable collection. Like I said, I've, I've never seen anything like this done for Star Trek. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Definitely. And it looks like the, the characters look like the animated uh, series kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a mix. Yeah, it's a cartoonish version. They they look slightly more detailed than their animated series counterparts. Mm. So I I think it's a nice mix. Yeah. So we have probably two no's, and I'm gonna say Marty would say no too. But still, <laughs> if, if if you guys I mean check it out, it's still a cool yeah. cool unique Star Trek product, which. I, I'm glad they're still making unique Star Trek products. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And like we, we don't have kids. You and me, not together, that I know of. don't have kids. Uh, <laughs> um, separately, we don't have kids. Right. Uh, any combination there. <laughs> uh, so, um, if you had a kid and you were a Star Trek fan and want to pass the torch, so to speak, mm-hmm. I think this would be a good product. Yeah, and I know if um, if I had kids, I mean, it, I would definitely change my mind about this product, um, mm-hmm. especially if I was just starting to get them into Star Trek. I think this would be pretty cool. Yeah, totally. I mean, if my dad got me something like this when I was a kid, I'd be like, all right, Star Trek, Klingons, woo! <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of collectibles, our whole show is about collectibles. Mm-hmm. So... Let's just dive right into it. So, to start off, no, it's funny how we just got through saying that this was too kiddish, yet I know both of us have tons of Star Trek toys. (laughs) Yeah, we do. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) Well, you have, uh, speaking of Power Rangers, you have a lot of Power Rangers stuff, too. I I do. I, I have... A ton of Power Rangers stuff. And I also have a lot of Star Trek stuff. I've got boxes full of Star Trek uh, action figures uh, stored in my garage Mm -hmm. that I've been saying I've been meaning to sell for a few years now (laughs) as as my uh, collection kind of shifts priorities. But I don't know. I've sold a few pieces here and there here on eBay uh, Mm -hmm. for my collection. But... 
I don't know. Maybe I'm not motivated to get rid of them as much because I'm still attached to them. Right. Uh, I've had all these action figures for years. Uh, When I was younger, like my room wall was just action figures were hanging in their original packaging. Even Mm -hmm. as a kid, I didn't take out the figures from the packaging. (laughs) I left them in the packaging. (laughs) See, I only did that if I had duplicates. Uh, Otherwise, I'd rip those apart. Yeah, and I, I did get extra figures as well. I mean, I did have a plenty of loose uh, figures to go along with it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my, my dad is a toy collector. Um, he mainly collects uh, Hot Wheels, but he collects a lot of different toys, uh, McDonald's, Happy Meal toys. And he kind of fed my collection. Uh, I see. <laughs> he, so he's uh, to blame. He's to blame, but <laughs> I'm not blaming him because it's awesome. Okay. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely got the collector's bug from my dad. Mm-hmm. And I actually learned a lot about Star Trek collecting and, you know, what the exclusives were, what were the things to look out for, you know, what prices are, are good that, that you should pay for. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because of him, I I became a pretty knowledgeable collector, uh, not just in Star Trek. So what's your um, experience with the toys? Well, when I was younger, I would get, you know, the action figures, and majority was action figure based. Mm -hmm. I didn't really get much of the other things. When I got older, I did. Yeah. But I have, we'll end up talking about them throughout the course of the show, but the Playmates toys... Yeah, those were huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also, what's the name of those? Galobo? Uh, Galoob. Oh, <laughs> Galoob. <laughs> uh, the Galoob toys of the next generation, I I had a couple of those. Yeah, um, I, I have a few of those, too. And those weren't as cool as the Playmates ones? No, I... At the time, the Playmates figures, I, I know we're going to get into this, but at mm-hmm. the time, the Playmates figures were some of the best Star Trek figures that, that we had during that time. Yeah. It was, they, they were epic. Like all mm-hmm. the little accessories that they had, mm-hmm. the sculpting was great. All, all of the action figures, they actually looked like the actors. So let's go, I guess, chronologically is sure. what we're going. So. Yeah. Uh, why don't you kick us off? So first, we have Mego, and they started in 1975, uh, the first Star Trek action figures produced. Mm-hmm. They were eight inches tall. Due to disappointing sales and failure of their bid to license and produce Star Wars toys, Mego declared bankruptcy in 1982 and closed their doors in 1983, the year I was born. Yeah, they went into bankruptcy the year I was born. So, yeah, these these figures are pretty cool. They had uh, three different waves. Mm-hmm. The first wave had uh, Kirk with belt phaser and communicator. <laughs> Spock, who had all of that, plus a tricorder. Ooh. Scotty Bones, a Klingon, with mm-hmm. also their own version of the belt phaser and communicator. Okay. And as part of the same set, they added uh, Lieutenant Uhura with mm-hmm. Tricorder. 
So to know accessories for the Enterprise crew were molded in blue plastic. Right. That's actually one of the um, signature features of, of that line. Klingon accessories were made of red plastic. Mm. All of the belts were made of black plastic. And additionally, Palitoy, which was the UK distributor of Mego, mm-hmm. they never released Uhura in the UK. Hmm. I don't know if they were being sexist or what, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, who knows? For some like, reason, yeah, it looks like Uhura was kind of a side note in the US too. So yeah, uh, it was a little weird. She's the only um, female in the in the line. The, these figures are actually pretty cool. Um, you you see them a lot used in um robot chicken right like whenever they do a, a star trek parody they use the Mego figures yeah and i've seen uh reproductions of these go on sale recently um and i've been very tempted to buy them but i've held back i've also been tempted <laughs> yeah because they're they're pretty cool yeah so the second wave which i think is pretty cool featured star trek aliens <laughs> Um, some of these aren't really Star Trek aliens. They just, um, they were kind of cheap. So they took existing molds from other lines, dressed them up differently. So they've got a uh, Neptunian, <laughs> which is a lizard like aquatic alien with scales and webbed wings, which <laughs> never appeared in Star Trek. And it also had no accessories. I would never buy that one. <laughs> no, no, I, I wouldn't. I would not buy that one either. Yeah, I, I think the sculpt is kind of cool, uh-huh. but it has nothing to do with Star Trek. Right, and, just trying to get money off the recognition of the name. Yeah, either that or they were just trying to fill out the line. They were yeah. filling, trying to fill out the wave, but they actually have the keeper, which is uh, more styled after uh, Baylock's puppet. Ah. Yes. Um, in a white robe, also no accessories. See, that's pretty boring that they don't have anything to go with them. Yeah, especially when the Starfleet figures have, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got phaser and a communicator and like a tricorder and they, they have all these little cool details. Right. And, you know, the Keeper, the Neptunian. <laughs> I mean, they could have had like a generic space laser gun. Right. Yeah, exactly. That would have been cool. That yeah. way they could fight with the Federation guys. <laughs> exactly. The They also released the Gorn, which, in fact, again, to save money, mm-hmm. is a brown recast of the Mego Marvel Heroes <laughs> lizard figure. They mm-hmm. took that head and placed it on the Klingon body. And I actually saw a picture of this in, in the show notes that you put in. And I didn't realize that was supposed to be a Gorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's bad. Yeah. Um, I'll give it points because it's a lizard guy. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't look anything like the original series Gorn. Mm-hmm. The Gorn was never brown. And yeah. in the original series, I don't know why they chose that. It doesn't have its unique eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like an alligator kind of. Yeah, it kind of does with a clean on uniform. Which is, is totally bland. They didn't even yeah. bother to change that up. Right. They, they could have at least done. I, I, I can forgive them with the sculpt if they at least included the Gorn captain's outfit 
from the episode. Right. All it is is a tunic with some yellow and orange splotches. How hard could that have been? Yeah, yeah, completely lazy. Yeah, and they also have uh, Sharon, um, mm-hmm. styled after Bele. The entire body and costume is half black and half white. Again, <laughs> no accessories. None of these yeah. aliens had accessories. Boring. Very boring. <laughs> Their third wave uh, featured even more aliens, which mm. I think was a misstep because why didn't they have Sulu? Why didn't they have Chekhov? Oh, yeah. They, they could have added a, at least the rest of the cast. See, this is why they went to bankruptcy and ended up they closing. They good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give people Sulu and Chekhov. That's what people uh-huh. were really That's true. gunning for. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but... um. The third wave featured the Romulan with a gold vac metal helmet. Um, I don't know what vac metal is. I think it might have been a vacuum-formed plastic that they chromed or something. That's what I'm guessing. Black belt, and it used a Klingon red phaser and communicator. (laughs) Oh, well, at least they 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 included accessories. Yeah. Um, they also had Talos, Telogian in a yellow jumpsuit with black collar and orange boots, <laughs> which they just had robes. Right. That, and, that couldn't have been that hard to produce. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Also, yeah. it's a big surprise, no <laughs> accessories. Right. The one that I kind of want to get, because they're my favorite Star Trek alien, is the Andorian. Yes. And it says seen in a standard Andorian outfit as seen in journey to Babel, no mm. accessories, but they could do that outfit, but they couldn't do a robe for the Telogian. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah. They're and, like, no, 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 no. We no, have to make no. sure the Andorian <laughs> gets his uniform. Right. And the last figure is the Mugato. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason is clothed <laughs> in a green top. Uh, which uh, tends to fade to yellow, I guess, over age and time. And I had a black belt and red pants. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) So kind of weird considering it was a, you know, crazy ape creature. Yeah. Well, you can't give kids naked aliens, (laughs) right? I I, I guess that's their, (laughs) that was their reasoning. Or they had this, uh, those clothes and, for some other figure and they just like, Oh, let's just throw this on him. Yeah, maybe. Um, So they don't have to do the fur for the rest (laughs) of the body. Yeah. It just seemed like they were doing a lot of cost cost cutting measures, which is probably why they went into bankruptcy again. Yeah, Um, Who would want to play with these? I would, but oh, well, besides you, no one else. Cause they went into bankruptcy, <laughs> which is kind of sad. I think, uh, no, I, think it is, yeah. I, I think the sculpts are pretty cool. Yeah. I, I mean, they definitely nailed the likeness on the characters, mm-hmm. especially Kirk and Spock and McCoy. They look awesome. Yeah, no, they do. And you know, it, it was at a time when figures were made a little better, at, at least in a bigger scale and mm-hmm. more playability. Right. And these look like a lot of fun to play with. Yeah, no, that's true. I think the, the Klingon looks pretty cool. I would like playing with the Klingon and the, the Starfleet officers, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They also included several play sets and mm. accessories for the figures. 
Uh, first of which being the Enterprise Action Playset. Ah. A mock-up of the Enterprise Bridge with captain's chair, navigation console, two crew seat stools, even though they never use stools, <laughs> um, and a spinning transporter. Ooh, that's actually kind of cool because you could pretend that they actually transported. Yeah, and this doubled as a case for the figures. Right. I've, I've seen this online before. We also have to remember this was made during the 70s. It is very Technicolor. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, is Technicolor dream coat up in here. Especially like the pink and yellow and red lines going yes. across the bridge. Yeah. It's such an odd choice. It is. I mean, even Star Trek, the original series, had a lot of color in it because it was, you know, the new technology or whatever. It was on NBC, the network that had color. Right. So the original series already had plenty of color. I don't know why they threw in so much extra color. <laughs> they took it to a whole new extreme. Yeah. Uh, the, the floor is a blue grid. Like, what is that yeah. about? So, yeah, it's pretty yeah. crazy. They actually had um, the Enterprise Action Gift Set which is the same playset that we just mentioned, but it had the original five Wave 1 figures included. Okay. No, no Ahura. That's weird. Yeah. I think she was definitely released really late into the first wave. Mm. The other playset, which is the rarest uh, of these playsets, is Mission to Gamma 6, a recreation of Vol from the episode The Apple. Hmm. And it came with the four generic alien figures. Wow. Well, at least it came with something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, the last thing is the telescreen console, which is a tabletop game that doubled as an add-on piece to the action playset. Uh, the game screen includes the captain's chair and a control lever. So whatever huh. it controlled. <laughs> yeah. But I think what they mean by telescreen is that, that desktop screen that you sometimes saw in the original series. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense. Mm -hmm. So after, their, after they made these, they also produced three and three-fourths inch scale Star Trek the motion picture action figures. Hmm. So since Mego started in 75, the motion picture was in 79. So they had already been going a, a few years and they were the only ones with the Star Trek license hmm. at the time. So when the movie came out, they produced these action figures, uh, which included some eight inch starships mm -hmm. and they had some other assorted toys in 1980, but then by 82, that's when they declared bankruptcy. Right. So yeah, we got some picture uh, below and it's going to be in our show notes. I think these motion picture figures are actually pretty cool. Hmm. They're the same size as the uh, Galoob figures, okay. which we'll be talking about. And I think they're one of the rare, they're one of the few action figures for Star Trek that actually has the motion picture uniforms. Mm. Um, so this is, these are one of the rare figures that, that does that. Even the Playmates version 
of uh, Lieutenant Ilea mm-hmm. um, did not have her uniform. It had her like uh, V'ger dress, like that white oh, dress. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is the only Lieutenant Ilea figure that you'll find in the actual Starfleet uniform. Huh. If I only had a time machine. I know. I would purchase <laughs> a lot of these and yeah. put them up on eBay. Yeah, well, or keep them. I would end up keeping them. <laughs> uh, so speaking of uh, galoob or a galobe, a galobe. <laughs> <laughs> um, galoob actually held three separate Star Trek licenses. Uh, they produced the first figures and accessories um, for the next generation in 1988. Mm-hmm. They also had a line of figures for. Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, huh. uh, which were more like statues okay. th- that recreated scenes from the movie. They even had a, a Cybok figure. Oh, that would be awesome yeah. <laughs> to have. <laughs> so that's, again, that's another one of those rare figures, which they didn't make a lot of. At least they didn't make it in like the Playmates line. At least I don't think so. I don't think they had a Cybok. I could be wrong, though. I don't, I think you're right. I don't think they did. So they also produced, um, since Galoob, they also created micro machines. Ah. They were the, it was very popular. I had a ton of micro machines as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad collected a bunch of them. I've had Star Trek micro machines. I've got Power Rangers micro machines. Ah. Uh, b- back in the day, they were huge. Right. So they released a a ton of micro machines, a whole bunch of different sets uh, from 93 to 1997. Mm-hmm. Galoob also provided Star Trek Starship toys for a number of General Mills uh, breakfast cereal giveaways. Oh, that's cool. Which I'm disappointed. I'm only finding out now because if I knew at the time, I totally would have got cereal to get some Star yeah. Trek ships. <laughs> yeah, true is that. Yeah, I blame my parents for not getting it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, I actually have some pictures in the show notes uh, from my own collection. Oh, you? these are yours? These these are mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I actually took these pictures uh, God, quite a long time ago, uh, okay. maybe seven or eight years ago. I was actually taking them, taking pictures of them to sell on eBay. Yeah. And then I just kind of never put them up on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, I've got the, I've got quite a few of them. I also have the collector's case that they okay. produce which holds 12 figures and it's okay. just like a plastic fold out box. It's got some cool artwork of the enterprise D and it's just got these plastic trays where you can put the loose figures in. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I could use that. I have, well, not really. Cause I only have like two figures. <laughs> yeah. I only have four of these. I, yeah. I've got Picard, Riker, Jordy, and, um, Wharf, mm-hmm. and since it's from the first season, they all have the command red uniforms. Right, could be wrong about this, but I remember on the back of these boxes, they had a Type One phaser for sale. I know Playmates went crazy with oh, yeah. the accessories; they had a crap ton. Mm-hmm. But I think Galoob did have like a small Type One phaser. Yeah, 
the Type 1 Phaser isn't something that I would want to buy necessarily, but I remember seeing it in the on the back. But uh, I was like, you know, eight when I saw this. <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, well, I just went to Memory Alpha. Uh-huh. Our great source of Star Trek knowledge when even it fails us. Right. And you're right. They did have a Type 1 Phaser. Okay. The packaging is actually pretty cool. Uh, they also made little um, shuttle craft, oh, okay. uh, shuttlecraft Galileo, and they also made a large Ferengi fighter. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so now that I'm here, um, Series 1 had Picard, mm-hmm. Riker, Data, which Data had four different paint jobs. <laughs> he had a white face, mm-hmm. a brown face, a speckled face, or the rare blue face. Interesting. I guess the rare blue face goes for a ton of money. Wow. That is a pretty huge uh, error. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was done intentionally or it was just a, a production error. I. Right. Uh, considering the different colors, I, mm-hmm. I would have to assume it's a production error. Yeah. Um, they also had uh, Jordi LaForge, um, Natasha Yar, and Lieutenant Worf. Interestingly enough, they did not have a Crusher figure hmm. or a Troy figure mm-hmm. because Series 2 had Q, mm-hmm. uh, Ferengi, uh, uh, the Soleil, uh, which is that snake uh, cobra-headed alien. Yep. Okay. They also had the um, Antikin, which were the Soleil's enemies in that one episode. They yep. were kind of like the furry dog right. people. They also had a Wesley Crusher figure. It was a prototype that was never mass produced or marketed. Huh. And they also had a Romulan. Again, prototype exists, but the figure was never mass produced. Hmm. And the only other things, they have a die-cast Enterprise-D. I actually have this. Okay. They have the die-cast Ferengi fighter, the Type 1 phaser, and they also have the regular shuttlecraft and Ferengi fighter that the figures can actually fit in. Ah, cool. That's cool. Yeah. And so that was just their next generation. Those were the first ever next generation figures that were ever produced. Uh, some interesting trivia since they did micro machines. There's actually some silver colored micro machines of Starfleet ships, most likely from the their pewter series. They were actually used in the maquette model for the Starfleet headquarters, first seen in Deep Space Nine's home front mm-hmm. and used several times throughout Deep Space Nine and Voyager. So yeah. if you carefully look on, on the building, you'll see that the building looks like it has statues of ships. Mm-hmm. Those are actually micro machines. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So it, it's kind of cool that the production team used those for the show. I think that's awesome. Uh, totally. I actually didn't know that they produced micro machines. Uh-huh. I thought they went out of business, <laughs> this company, because I've never heard of them really since uh, uh, um, Star Trek. Yeah, I, I don't know if Galoob is still around. <laughs> right. It was founded in 1994. Galoob was purchased by Hasbro in oh. 1999. Oh. 
so they bought Galoob for two hundred and twenty million. Oh wow! So Galoob did a lot of probably some of our favorite toys when we were kids, like biker mice from Mars, <laughs> and um, yeah, they they did a lot of stuff. They did Star Trek, obviously um, Terminator Two, Judgment Day. Oh okay. Um, I don't know if you remember Zbots. Um, no, <laughs> but th- they were part of the, uh, micro machines line okay. and they were actually really cool. Like little robot figures. Oh, that's cool. I like so, robots. Yeah. So yeah, micro machines, they were really popular. Uh, the details on the star Trek micro machines are really sweet. They are yeah. pretty epic. They pack so much detail into the, a little space. So if you like, tiny star trek ships <laughs> yeah you, you, you might uh do well to find some uh some star trek micro machines totally and they released a lot of them i mean whatever ship you can think of they probably made a micro machine of it it was pretty cool they have everything up to deep space nine and voyager and they did uh movie versions as well they did uh generations huh. and they also did uh limited editions Okay. So they did a whole bunch of collections. I definitely remember, for some odd reason, the Enterprise B. That's the only one I remember. <laughs> I don't even think I had it, but that's the one I remember. And they had they had a different uh, bunch of different versions of that. They had uh, the Excelsior uh, variant, mm-hmm. and so they had a few different classes of uh, variations of that ship. Hmm. So that's it cool. for Galoob. Ah, uh, yes. And now for my, well, my personal favorite, I guess, just because it's what we grew up with. Yeah, this this has to be one of my favorite lines, too. Yeah. That's Playmates. I love the Playmates line. <laughs> <laughs> they have such an awesome name, too. Yeah. I, are you thinking of uh, Playmate Bunnies? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, but now I am. <laughs> but um yeah playmates was i i think they're still around yeah their playmates is still around they they do a lot of the ninja turtles they've had the ninja turtles license since the beginning but currently that's all they have going on right now is okay ninja turtles and a couple of girl toy lines but back in the day playmates i had playmates toys from like all different shows. Mm. They had Darkwing Duck. They've done Earthworm Jim. They've done Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, uh, Robotech, Sequest. Uh, they've done figures for The Simpsons, The Turtles. I had a lot of old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh, yeah. playmates back in the days. They did Toxic Crusaders, if you remember those. Nice. Um, they did Dick Tracy toys. Uh. Um, the movie came out that adam's family also wildcats uh based on the comic so they've done a ton of stuff a little history they had the license from 92 to 99 mm-hmm. which was probably the golden age of star <laughs> trek action figures they released four and a half inch figures nine inch figures and then up to 12-inch figures. I, I actually have some of the 12-inch figures. And mm. they actually had real cloth for, right. for the clothes. Yeah. And it was great because that series, they had a lot of different lines in that series. They had a Women of Star Trek line mm-hmm. uh, for, for the 12-inch figures. Well, actually, I have an Andorian 12-inch figure. 
I do as well. Mm. Here's the thing. Mine oh. says my packaging has an error and it says it's Mr. Spock. Oh, really? But it says Mr. Spock, but it's got the Andorian in it. Ah, so and is that worth anything? <laughs> not really. Oh. <laughs> you would think so, but I mean, sometimes it happens. Figures get mispackaged. Mm-hmm. I just think it's pretty cool because it says Spock. But <laughs> it's it's an Andorian, so yeah. whatever. Right. But they didn't just do action figures. They did role play items. Mm-hmm. I have the phaser, communicator, Klingon blaster. Oh, I wish I had that. Oh, that would be awesome. The Klingon blaster. It's pretty sweet. The, yeah. the Klingon disruptor. It's awesome. So I, I, I've got a bunch of those Star Trek ships. Mm-hmm. Um, th- they were so cool because you they had buns on them. You press a bun, the ship makes exactly. Sounds. Yep. I had the Romulan Warbird. Oh, I wanted that, but I never got it. Damn I, parents. <laughs> I had the Enterprise E uh, oh. from Insurrection. Okay. Those Playmate Star Trek ships go for a lot of money on eBay. Really? Uh, the Voyager, especially. The Voyager goes, I, I've seen it go up to 75 to 100 bucks. Huh. Interesting. I don't have Voyager. <laughs> it, it was actually uh, um, produced in in limited quantities. It's that's why it's so hard to find. Oh, okay. Um, the Defiant version goes for a lot of money too. Oh, I didn't have that one either. Yeah, those those were the really sought after ones back in the yeah. day. I had the Enterprise D, and I had the shuttlecraft where you could put the figures in. I have that one too. Yeah. Yeah. They they also have uh, play sets. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the I had the transporter. Me too. What was great was towards the end of the line. I don't know if you remember this, but they did the transporter series of action figures. I have or had. I don't know if I sold those, but the entire series of next generation and original series ones. It was so cool because they came on the base and you push the button and did the. It did the the beam effect, and the base was lit from the bottom. These were the same action figures, but half of like their bottom half was molded in like clear colored plastic Mm -hmm. with like the little flecks of sparkles in it. Okay, it came on the base, and when you push the button, it did the not only did the base light up, but it did the Star Trek uh, transporter effect. Mm. sound and when it lit up it lit the clear plastic and it really looked like the figures were transporting it was pretty cool cool. that is cool i have it was one of the later series i don't know what it was called but i have a riker they had like these weapons that would launch uh, projectiles out Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I have one, and it's Riker, uh-huh. but he has a the Klingon weapon. He doesn't have the Federation uh, phaser rifle. Interesting. Is yeah. that is that still in the card, or is that a packaging error, or is it was it loose? No, it's. It, I still have it in the package. I haven't wow. opened that. I, I never look to see if it's worth anything. I probably should. Yeah, um, definitely. I I remember those. Um, were those slightly taller than the four? Um, I'm not sure because I I didn't take it out of the package, so I'm not sure if he's taller. I never really compared them. 
because I remember they did a slightly bigger line. It, they weren't nine inch figures, but they weren't four and a half figures. They were more okay. like seven inches. Okay. And it was Worf, Picard, Riker, and Q. And they had kind of like this battle action, like Picard, or it was Q. And he could like fence because he had a sword and he pushed a bun on the back and he would make like these big swinging motions. Really? So it was these action figures towards the end of the line that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Playmates had so many different figures and different variations. It was crazy. What I loved about these figures, mm-hmm. they all had accessories, even right. the aliens. <laughs> and the back of the packaging had like the the profile. Um, it was like a uh, like a dossier kind of. Yeah, and I I cut those out and kept a bunch of them. Yeah, that was that was another great thing about them. Um, mm-hmm. Playmates did an excellent job with their entire line. Their marketing, I remember there being Playmates Star Trek action figure commercials right. yes. on TV. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember going to the store. They they always seemed to be well-stocked. And still, it was hard to find some because they kept exclusives. Yeah. So, unfortunately, in 1998, popularity began to wane. And the year 1999 mostly had retailer exclusives. Mm-hmm. So in, in the show notes, I actually pictured a couple of the exclusives for different mm-hmm. retailers. Okay. Uh, the first one is a security officer, Neelix. And oh. that was uh, exclusive to Spencer Gifts, if you remember them. Oh, I do remember them. So Spencer Gifts had the security officer Neelix. One of my favorite figures, just because I thought it was cool when Neelix was in the Starfleet uniform, because mm-hmm. he always looked up to Tuvok and right. he wanted to be a security officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one I have is um, towards the end, Target actually had a lot of retail exclusives. Okay. Um, so this was a Captain Kirk in the environmental suit. That's pretty uh, sweet. Yeah, nine-inch figure and only available to Target. In the last year, Target was really promoting uh, the Star Trek line. Unfortunately, uh, they couldn't keep it going. Yeah. And there was also, because this was the early days of um, being online, Mm -hmm. um, they were one of the first toy companies to offer online exclusives. Hmm. So actually, interesting, Playmates got the license again in 2008 for the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've seen these, the, the figures based on the... Star Trek movie, the newer one. They they were smaller figures, right? Or a lot of them were smaller. They they did have they did return to the smaller Galoob style. Mm-hmm. It seems like, especially now with economics today, mm-hmm. more and more toy lines are producing the smaller scale figures. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to bring up Power Rangers again, but I'm going to because <laughs> okay. it's comparable. Yeah, Power Rangers used to have six inch action figures. And within the past few years, they stopped making those and switched to four and a half inch figures. Mm. And I think a lot of toy lines are doing this uh, just because of plastics and oil costs, the the weakness of the economy. Mm-hmm. So, so they did a bunch of these. They also did uh, 12 inch figures. 
so they were planning a second wave of figures, but it was pushed back to spring 2009 and then it was canceled and playmates uh, star Trek licensing is still in limbo. They're actually going to lose the rights uh, of star Trek to Hasbro this year. Okay. But um, one of the things was that they cited disappointing sales, which is funny because four years later, Mm -hmm. I still see these action figures for the new JJ movie or mm-hmm. from the first JJ movie. And it's been like four years. Right. I, I've, I still see these in Toys R Us on clearance. Oh yeah, me too. And I, I remember I was at a Toys R Us looking for these toys and a little kid was with his dad specifically looking for these toys. Wow. Which I was like, whoa, this kid is awesome. I wish he was my friend when I was his age. So, yeah, that kid knows what he's talking about then. Yeah. So, I mean, that's – it's sad that the line was canceled. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, 80% of my collection is Playmates. Yeah. Uh, It was just such a part of my childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have some trivia for the Playmates uh, action figures. Okay. Esri Dax was the only character in the four Star Trek series because uh, they they didn't do Enterprise. They discontinued the line before Enterprise aired. Mm-hmm. So Esri Dax was the only character that did not get an action figure of that character in the Playmates line. I know a lot of people don't like Esri, but... Uh, well, she was only there for two seasons, right? Uh, one season diamond select uh which we'll get to in a second um Uh they actually made an esri figure oh okay i don't know if you remember this about the playmates line but towards the end they did a design and alien contest i do not so the design and alien contest was promoted on the Playmates Star Trek toy packaging, they did versions of the Trials and Tribulations episode with the D Space okay. Nine people as Playmates figures in the original series costumes. You might want to check up on these because each package contained a lot of little tiny furry tribbles. In the really? Packaging. Yeah. Oh, that the the packaging was for each figure was filled up so you got like 10 or 15 of these little uh furry tribbles to go with the figure oh that's awesome and in the packaging they also included this design an alien contest pamphlet it offered a fan the chance to appear as a, as an alien extra of the alien that they created hmm in an episode of Deep Space Nine. So the winner was actually a guy by the name of John Paul Lona. Mm-hmm. And he won the role of his character called Runup, a Rasanian ambassador. And his alien and he appeared in the Deep Space Nine episode, The Muse. Huh. So it's this kind of weird looking alien with this weird bony structure on his face and he's kind of like hunched over okay so he was kind of featured prominently in the background shots okay so you can definitely check that out and when i was a kid it was so cool because i was like oh my god i could design an alien (laughs) Uh, sadly i didn't get get a chance to do that yeah it was uh that was pretty neat yeah that would have been cool 
And one last little bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Star Trek Voyager production staff used parts of Borg action figures to create a pile of Borg corpses as seen in the Voyager episode Scorpion. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's <laughs> if you know to look for it, it's pretty prominent because I think uh, Seven and Nine has a vision of like – or no, Cass has a vision – of like a pile of bored corpses that eight, four, seven, two destroyed. Uh-huh. And if you look at it closely, you can totally tell there are action figures. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I guess I'm going to have to watch Scorpion. It's a great episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do we have next? Uh, so next, uh, the art asylum slash uh, diamond select. Mm-hmm. Uh, So Art Asylum was acquired by Diamond Select Toys. The Art Asylum premiered its own Star Trek production in 2001. Uh, Releases have included 3-inch Minimates figures, 7-inch action figures, 11-inch space vehicles, and life-sized role-playing accessories. Art Asylum has to be a very close second to playmates for me mm-hmm. when artist item came out, you know, in 2001, you know, I was more of an adult. Mm-hmm. So this line totally appealed to me. They were the first company to produce figures based off enterprise. Mm-hmm. And what was so unique about those figures, since all the enterprise characters were in jumpsuits, right. the, they actually had kind of like of plastic skin on the waist So it looked like jumpsuit material and it gave the figures super posability. Okay. Um, And it was one of the first times that action figures uh, did that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just plastic. It kind of had like this bendable plastic in the middle. So you could get these crazy Mm -hmm. poses and they produced uh, the phaser, uh, the original series phaser. Right. They produced a couple of them, if I'm not mistaken, different um, variations of the handle. Yeah. Different handle versions. Yeah. And they also produced the Enterprise uh, phase pistol and the communicator. Uh, Which I have. I do have that. I have that too. Yeah. (laughs) I actually have uh, two of them. I still have, uh, I have two of the original series phasers, one out of the box, one in the box. Mm-hmm. And the same with uh, Enterprise. Because uh, I cool. thought they were so well done. Mm-hmm. Pictured, I have, or had, I actually sold those. The uh, figures, original series figures. And they produced uh, uh, Vina, the green Orion slave girl. Hmm. Okay. Of Gorn. They produced the Klingon core. Alternate universe Spock and Kirk. Hmm. And the entire original series crew including uh, Captain's variant Kirk with his green shirt. Ah, very cool. Yeah. They also produced uh, the Nemesis action figures for that movie, Mm -hmm. including uh, Shinzon and uh, his uh, Remen general. And then when they switched to Diamond Select, uh, became more more specialized action figures that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And I really, it was kind of the time where I stopped collecting Star Trek toys, unfortunately. Okay. But they've they've made some excellent 
uh, Star Trek movie figures. Uh, totally. And also really high quality Deep Space Nine figures, which look amazing. I actually haven't seen the Deep Space Nine ones. I've seen the this Nemesis one that you have here of Data. What's cool about the Art Asylum is that they did a 3D scan of the actor. Yes. And then cast the models based on that. Yeah, and I, I remember um, when these figures first came out and I went to their website and they had a whole video on the entire process of, of it. And it was just awesome. I, I don't know if that uh, video is floating out there somewhere, but Art Asylum is still a company. They're still out there, artasylum.com. Um, you can also go to diamondselecttoys.com. Uh, they make really excellent figures and highly detailed. They're, they're really meant for adult action figure collectors. Totally. So I think that yeah. does it for, uh, for Star Trek toys. Unfortunately, I it know. does. So what other collectibles are we going to talk about next? Uh, so next we have models, which I did have a few models, but I never completed them. <laughs> and the one that I did try to complete was an Enterprise A model, which I later read had a ton of issues and people had the same problem I had. Oh, yeah. With I... the cells just falling off. Oh, the my pylons. God. <laughs> Don't even get me started on that. I'm actually a huge Star Trek model collector. Mm. I still have a ton in their box. I've finished a few. I have a few that are like, oh, I'm going to finish this someday. They're really well done. I actually have two Enterprise NX-01 models, and they're from the most recent line. Uh, I think Playing Mantis did them. Okay. But... The ship is huge. Like, it is huge. It's, like, almost two feet long. Oh, so it's almost like like movie prop Yes, and the model was based off the computer files that they used to create the show's effects. Ah, cool. So it is so detailed, but it is such a daunting model. I would imagine. There are so many pieces. So I'm I'm actually a really big fan of of model kits. There's still a lot of projects I need to finish <laughs> with this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm probably I'll probably go through a midlife crisis in ten years and yeah. finish all of them. But model kits are one where people get really passionate about these and create some amazing model kits. Yeah. So let's go through the history of. Uh, models for a little bit okay the first and probably the most famous line is the amt ertl line they have been making star trek models since the show first started airing in 1966 models have included um throughout the probably the the 40 years that that they were doing them Mm -hmm. all the enterprises uh the reliant defiant the Klingon D7, uh, Romulan and Klingon Bird of Praise, Vorcha class, Romulan Warbird, Runabout, the Stations, K7, Deep Space Nine. The Deep Space Nine model kit is huge. Is it? It's about two and a half feet in diameter. Jeez. It, uh, again, it's another one of those ones that you're like, where am I going to put this even if I finish <laughs> it? Right. They've done the shuttles. One of my first 
uh, Star Trek model kits that I put together was the Galileo 7 shuttlecraft. I've also built the Enterprise D Voyager. Uh, I still have, I've got Voyager built in my closet. <laughs> uh, it's stored there. For um, safekeeping? Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> But they produced so many model kits. They're, when you think Star Trek model kits, you think uh, AMT and Earth. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, a couple of the ones that I have pictured, or one of the ones that I have pictured, um, was actually a 25th anniversary re-release uh, of the USS Enterprise Command Bridge. Nice. It was a model kit of the whole bridge. <laughs> like, and not just like three quarters of it. Like if they were filming in the show, mm-hmm. you could build the whole closed bridge. Sweet. And, and it was about a foot, foot and a half in diameter. These model kits are huge. Like, I don't know what it is <laughs> about these, but they're really big. Right. And people have gone to extreme lengths to modify the kit. They've produced like actual there's third party uh, kits where you can make the consoles glow with led lights. So with these kits, there's a lot of things you can do to modify them. And mm-hmm. uh, like, I've always wanted to do a version of the Voyager model kit Borgified. Oh, that would be cool. And I've seen some people do it and it looks amazing. Like led green lights. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Speaking of Voyager, the company revel monogram uh, which is primarily a UK-based company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a lot of car model kits. Okay. Uh, they actually beat out AMT for the Star Trek Voyager license, and they were the only ones to produce uh, Voyager model kits, including the Voyager and and the Kazon ships. Okay. Yeah, so they did um, a couple versions of, of Voyager, the Maquis Raider. That was another kit. Oh, okay, yeah. The Kazon Raider, yeah. Okay. So, interestingly enough, components of the Voyager and Maquis Raider kits mm-hmm. were spliced together to form some of the background ships during the Dominion War saga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are some interesting ships. Yeah, they're really bad design lines. <laughs> yeah, because the dimensions don't work. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's fraught with the uh, errors. Yeah, I forget what they're called exactly, but they're basically like Frankenstein ships. They just Yeah, and they tried to they tried to say that oh, it was the Dominion War. Mm-hmm. So Starfleet was really kit bashing ships and putting together designs and it's like no, it was just them trying to get a lot of different models for the battles. Right, and I might be wrong, but they do have those in the DS9 technical manual, right? They do. Okay, yeah. Which makes them kind of canon. I right. mean, they're in the show, but it's horrible. <laughs> they're <Right>. bad. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like those. So Revel only did the Voyager models. They also did a couple of... Uh, they did a original series Enterprise and a D7. Okay. But those were towards the end of the line and they weren't really successful. Uh. So Polar Lights mm-hmm. is the next company from 2001 to uh, last year. They've made a lot of the uh, a lot of the 
more high class models, I would say. Okay. Uh, they actually did uh, reissues of the original kits for the original Enterprise. Mm-hmm. They did a nineteen um, sixties lunchbox version packaging, hmm. which is really cool. They were also the ones that released the Enterprise NX01 model kit that I mentioned. Okay, which has over two hundred pieces and is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, and they also did um, Klingon D seven. Okay. Interestingly enough, do you remember the shuttle in Nemesis, the little Scorpion? I do. Mm-hmm. They made a model kit of that. Ah. And it comes with a little Jean-Luc Picard and Data figure for the cockpit. <laughs> really? Yeah. So they're, um, they're these little tiny, uh, maybe three-inch, they're like fixed pose little figures. They're already okay. pre-painted for you. Okay. You just have to put the ship together and put them in the cockpit. Okay. So they just, are they like, like full figures but in a certain position like do they have legs and arms oh yeah they're full figures okay. but they're in a they're in a frozen like seated position okay. so you can seat them in the model gotcha but for what they are they're all right yeah. <laughs> so polar lights is now round two models they they were purchased by round two models so am they actually have they folded the amt line into that as well Okay. So now round two has the polar lights and AMT. Mm-hmm. So right now they do have a lot of the uh, current Star Trek model kits that are out there. Ah, cool. Very cool. And lastly is a company called Playing Mantis. They were originally uh, the, the company before they became polar lights. So okay. there's kind of an evolution there. But playing Man- Mantis uh, subsidiaries included Johnny Lightning, which are kind of like a Hot Wheels uh, okay. knockoff. Gotcha. But they made uh, the Legends of Star Trek, which are miniature ships, mm-hmm. kind of like Micro Machines, but a little bigger. And okay. some of them were die cast. Okay. And one of their other subsidiaries was Polar Lights, which we talked about. Right. Bandai, another popular toy company they just did a a very small line in 2003 of star trek model kits they were more snapped together and they included lights so it was high end in their molding Mm -hmm. and their design but they were really easy to put together they already came pre-painted okay cool and what made these kits unique were that they were Bandai originals mm-hmm. and they weren't associated with the past model kits okay. uh, like AMT, Ertl, and Revel. They didn't have the same molds. They were gotcha. all new in different scales. Cool. And just another interesting note, they were given access to the original studio models for all the ships that they produced. So they had the input of Star Trek designers like John Eves, uh, Rick Sternbach, and Doug Drexler. And their comments were actually included in the instruction sheets, huh. uh, which helped the model more accurately build the models. Hmm. So these were complete Japanese imports. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I never got these. But from what I've seen, they're really uh, vastly superior, and they're really easy to put together. And since they're pre-painted... All you got to do is snap them together and you have a really highly accurate uh, Star Trek model. Yeah, I wish I got my hands on these as well. 
because that these would be cool to have around. Definitely, and they did the major ships. Right. So yeah, they did the NCC seventeen oh one, the Enterprise E, the A, the Enterprise NX one, and Voyager. Okay. Voyager had a very small production run, so. I don't know what it is with Voyager and model kits, but they're pretty rare. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's saying something. That it's saying that's so cool that they only made a limited number of them. Ah, <laughs> like, I, I suppose <laughs> that it could be interpreted that way. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Marty's not here, so you have to bag on the, <laughs> yeah. the Voyager. You have to make up for it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just one last thing mentioning model kits. We're including all these links in the show notes, but a good source for information for all these kits is a site called starshipmodeler.com. Uh, since 1996, they have been the be- best place on the web for starship modeling news, not just in Star Trek, but in Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica. And they feature third-party resin kits, fan creations, addition add-ons to improve your existing models. I've used this site for years. Okay, cool. Uh, It's one of my favorite sites for Star Trek models. Um, One last one is uh, Mm thomasmodels.com, run by a guy who is a huge enthusiast when it comes to Star Trek models. He has an extensive gallery of Star Trek model images and how-tos on how to correct errors in some of the model kits. Okay. And is this where uh, this image comes from? Yes. Actually, that image comes from uh, Starship Modeler uh, okay. from their retail section. Okay. Um, and what's pictured here is a aftermarket kit to make the Enterprise 1701 more like it was seen in the pilot episode. Okay. So the pilot episode, it had different um, nacelle end caps Mm -hmm. and other little details, a different bridge module. So this is where people go to, to to modify their existing kits. Okay. Very cool. So next we have props. Who doesn't like props, right? I love props. I like props. (laughs) They're cool. So a good source for Star Trek props is Roddenberry.com. Mm-hmm. They have original series phasers, communicators, tricorders, and they also have the uh, Star Trek 2009 stunt phaser replica. And we've talked about their other replicas that they've had in past shows. Yeah, they have a lot of great replicas. Some of them are very affordable. Some of them, not so much. Right. <laughs> I mean, they have a prop of the, that you can buy the captain's chair for like $6,000. Yeah. <laughs> if I had all the money in the world, this would be the place I would go to. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I do like their model kits. Mm-hmm. Personally, I've never bought one. I've always wanted one of these, though, mm-hmm. like especially a tricorder prop. Yeah. And they have an electronic kit to like fully make that thing light up. Yeah. So That'd be I, very cool. I've always wanted to like blow a ton of money on this website. <laughs> yeah, me too. I always have to pull back the reins though. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got to question yourself when, when you're buying a uh, 
$500 phaser replica. And you're like, what am I doing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would get slapped in the head if <laughs> I if I uh, did that. I think I would too. But it's cool. They also have uh, uniform patterns. Mm-hmm. They don't actually sell the costumes, but they do sell the patterns, which if you know a good tailor, uh, like Derek, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can make these for you. Yeah, it, as a quick, quick side note, uh-huh. my girlfriend's brother's name is Garrick. What? <laughs> yeah. Spelled the same way? Uh, slightly different, but pronounced the same. Interesting. Her, yeah, her mom took two names that she liked and put them together. Like what, like Gary and Eric? And Garrick? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I forget what names exactly, but... Every t- that's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Every time I I hear his name, I'm like, uh, he's not he's not a tailor. Oh, okay. that would be icing on the cake. Totally. <laughs> but yeah, moving on. <laughs> Next, we have uh, QMX mm-hmm. that have we've talked about this company. I think even in the last show. What's cool about this site? They they have a lot of licenses like super eight warehouse 13 star trek stargate dr horrible firefly i've actually got uh in the past quite a few of their products before Mm -hmm. especially firefly they kind of have it all they've got t-shirts posters they've got they just came out with what are called these truckies q pop figures <laughs> yeah which are these like little anime style original series figures yeah very I, I, cute yeah they i think they're pretty cute yeah and they also have high end really high end um <laughs> model replicas and we're not just talking like a model kit that you build these things are like studio models. Mm. They're fully customizable. They fully light up. They have the sounds. They're like three feet long. The Enterprise D replica goes for $10,000. Yikes. <laughs> That's a hefty chunk of change to drop on a hobby. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 850 scale. Mm. It's 30 inches long, 22 inches wide. It's crazy. It's got all these lights and it's customizable. It's, it's insane. Yeah. But their props are actually really affordable. They have the communicator badge, for like 20 bucks mm-hmm. class ring for 20 bucks. I mean, it's definitely something that I would get. Oh yeah. yeah. They also have a, a trouble with tribbles uh, poster. Oh, so, snap. So that's that's for you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, those are two very great uh, prop resources for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Next, we have signatures, which is pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty cool to go to a convention and mm-hmm. uh, meet your favorite Star Trek actor. I, mm-hmm. I got to do that last August with uh, Scott Bakula. Right. And we have that picture on the website. If anyone wants to check that out. Yeah. If anyone wants to see my ugly mug with uh, <laughs> Scott Bakula and it's just, it's, it's such a neat thing to get an autograph. I, the, the captains you're, you're going to pay some money, right? obviously, but I, I have quite a few, signatures i've mm-hmm. got uh chase masterson who played lita yep <laughs> so i've got nana visitors autograph i've got um max grodenchek who played rom uh okay 
Aaron Eisenberg, uh, who played Nog. Right. So I, I got to meet them. Uh, Robert Picardo, I have his signature. Oh. Yeah. And and a few others. It's it's something that it's it's unique. You get to meet the actor. It's a good way to say, hey, I've met this person. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, how about you? What what signatures do you have? I have three signatures. I didn't. I've never been to a convention like uh, we mentioned before, probably. But a friend of mine is really big into anime, and nice. she went to a convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she got me three signatures. She got me Jonathan Frakes. Wow. Avery Brooks. Nice. And Robert Picardo. And they were at an anime convention? <laughs> it was probably not just anime. <laughs> okay. Um, it might have been like a Comic-Con type of uh, event that also ha- encompassed sci-fi. Yeah, kind of like a like a Wizard World or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, you better go to a Star Trek convention. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I feel bad for not going, but there's supposed to be one coming to Boston in the summer. Hopefully, me and Marty will be able to go and maybe uh, try to do some podcasting from there or something. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Get some signatures while you're at it. (laughs) Now we were kind of moving into the other category of collectibles. Right. And these actually have tons of these. I wish I had them all, but I don't. I, I don't have very many of these. I only have like two or three of them. Mm. And that'd be the Hallmark ornaments. And since 1991, They've been they've been producing these uh, keepsake uh, Christmas ornaments based on Star Trek characters, ships, props, artwork, and scenes. Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of these uh, over the years, and they're really cool. It's just I never got into collecting them. Yeah, th- these are one thing that my parents would buy me uh, of Star Trek mm-hmm. for some odd reason. This is what they would get me. <laughs> uh, but I really liked them because they were Star Trek. So, you know. Oh, yeah, totally. You can I, have an all Star Trek Christmas tree. I almost <laughs> do. If I was by myself, that is probably what would be on the tree is just Star Trek. Nice. And now I do put almost all of my Star Trek ornaments on the tree. I don't. So the earlier Hallmark Lights and Magic. Oh yeah, yeah. The the early ones were all you plug them into the light cord. Oh, I do remember those. Yeah. Uh, so I have a lot of those, but I don't plug them into the light cord because it says not to plug more than one in. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, so I don't want to like spark a fire. <laughs> or short them out and. Or short them out. Yeah. Uh, so I never plug them in. But the later ones are all battery operated. Oh, that's nice. That Yeah, and they only turn on for like 30 seconds or so when you uh, press a button. Yeah, I think it seems like a really popular line. Obviously, they've been going on for more than 20 years. Right. So, yeah, I just, I never got into them. Is there one that you really want that you're missing? I know there is. Uh, I really wish I had... The DS9 one, the uh, the station. The actual station? Yeah. Okay. There's other ones, too. I think there's a Romulan Bird of Prey that I wish I had. Not a Romulan Bird of Prey, a Romulan Warbird that I wish I had. 
I, I, I remember that one. Um, uh, I remember that one being advertised. Yeah. And I've actually seen, um, during the holidays, I've actually seen a couple commercials in, in the past years for these. Right. Actually, I was reading on Memory Alpha. Uh-huh. The, so the first one that came out was the Galileo Shuttlecraft. Oh, okay. Um, which I do have that one. The second one to come out, what I believe, uh, was the Enterprise D. And didn't the commercials have like the actors from the show? They some of them did. I think the one with the for the Enterprise D had that nurse, uh, Nurse Alyssa Ogawa. Yes, they had her at like a replicator, and it like they like <gasps> replicated it. I- I remember that. Yeah. I remember that one because she went up to the replicator and went. Yeah. And she had like the little mini Enterprise D. Yeah. Yeah, I totally remember that. That's crazy. But I guess someone thought it would be a good idea for the Enterprise D to have a hinged top. And they wanted like a Santa Claus to be in there with tinsel hanging out. What? Luckily, (laughs) I read this on Memory Alpha. Luckily, someone was able to convince them that was a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know who thought that would be a good idea, but hopefully they were fired. I, I, I hope they were. Um, <laughs> kind of an interesting side note, because we talked about how micro-machines were used in Star Trek episodes. Uh-huh. Well, so were some of these Hallmark ornaments. Mm-hmm. There was a Voyager ship in a bottle right. in Friendship One that used the 96 Hallmark keepsake ornament. I actually have that one. Cool. Uh, I think that'd be a really cool one to have. And they also had, they repainted the ornaments, Voyager and the Klingon Bird of Prey. Mm-hmm. And they used that for like a baby mobile for okay. Tom and Bellana's, uh daughter. Cool. So the ships were hanging on a little mobile. So they're still being used as... Hallmark ornaments. Yeah. No, the ornaments are very detailed. They're very cool. Even even though I don't like Voyager, the Voyager model is really good. Wow. I, I think that's one I'm going to have to pick up. Um, if you can find it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know. I, I've, I've missed out on these. And I, I'm, I'm looking at a picture of, of all of them. They have some, they feature some really cool ships. Like mm-hmm. I would love the Delta flyer one. Uh, the Delta flyer one is one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite shuttles. Okay. So I think that'd be a really neat one to have. Yeah. I don't have that one. There was a time where uh, quite a few years where I didn't get any of them. And then more recently I started to get, collect them again, just because I'm older and I can buy them myself. Nice. What's what's your favorite one out of the ones you have? I'm not sure if it's my favorite, but I have two of them. Mm-hmm. It's the Klingon Bird of Prey. Nice. At one point, I had three of them, but I did <laughs> I did sell one of them. I'm a big like I said this before in one of our other episodes. The Klingon Bird of Prey is my favorite ship design. Mm-hmm. So I think those are cool. I usually put both of them on the tree. Nice. But yeah, I, that's probably one of my favorite ones, and actually. The way you and me met was from uh, a con- uh, contest on Think Geek on Twitter. Yeah, yes. Uh, one of the prizes that I won from them was was a Hallmark ornament of the bridge scene from Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Oh, man. That's so cool. 
Yeah, and when you pressed it, the screen lights up with the Reliant on there, and oh. you hear Khan's voice, you hear Spock and Kirk talking. So it's that whole scene where they're they're transmitting uh, the codes. The code, yeah. Oh yeah. It's like that whole scene. That whole scene plays out on the ornament. Yeah, you, every time you press the button, it says the next um, the next lines and the the uh, you see like phaser fire going towards the Reliant. It's oh, pretty cool. Wow. Wow. I, I didn't get that cool. Of a, <laughs> of a thing in my geek thing. Think geek uh, one, but yeah, I, um, I remember. Yeah. That's how, that's how we met mm-hmm. online. Cause we were both kind of mentioned in their Twitter. I yeah. remember that was like what? 2008, 2009. It was a while ago. Yeah. 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 And I remember it because that year it seemed like I was winning Twitter contests like God. left and right. Dude, me too. I, <laughs> I've won so many things on Twitter. It's crazy. Not so much recently because there's so many people on Twitter now. Yeah, but those early days. Yeah. I, I mean, I won stuff days. like, yeah, <laughs> I won stuff like left and right on Twitter. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah. It was like. I remember it was this one stretch of 2009 and it was like the thinky thing and like this and that. And I was like winning DVDs and I was like, what is going on? I love Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I think that's, uh, that's why I still use Twitter a lot. I mean, not yeah. just because of the friends I, I developed, but it's like, it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool way to connect with companies, but anyways, <laughs> Hallmark ornaments, they're pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I only have a couple of them. I have like 20 of them. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Do you know if uh, Marty has any? He does. He has quite a few. Not as much as I do. Uh, I know his favorite is the Deep Space Nine one. Nice. He does have the Deep Space Nine one. Uh, I can't think of any of the other ones that he might have. But yeah, definitely Deep Space Nine. And it's cool because the Deep Space Nine one comes with a base. Uh-huh. So you don't have to have it on the tree. You can have it standing on your desk. Oh, neat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like when they do that because then it's not just an ornament. It's, mm-hmm. you know, something you can just keep around all year. Yeah. And I, though they did another Enterprise D mm-hmm. uh, ornament that also has a standing base. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And it, that one has, uh, I want to say it has like, Captain Picard saying space, the final frontier. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I don't know, but I think it does. My, the one I have from 1992 just lights up. It like blinks and stuff. So are the voice clips a more uh, recent addition in the series? Um, no, because the Galileo Shuttlecraft has Leonard Nimoy's voice. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Do you know what they're releasing this year? Uh, oh, I saw that. Um, the Actually, release. I have it up on Memory Alpha. Okay. If you don't know. Um, they're having the USS Kelvin. Oh, yes. I, I saw that. I really, really, <laughs> really want to get the Kelvin. I'm totally buying that. You know what? I would get... I would get one Kelvin, but I would get another to convert it into the salt shaker prop. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. 
I, I kind of want to get one just for that reason. So yeah. I can like spray paint it silver, have like the salt shaker holes. Yeah. I, I think that'd be cool. Totally. Um, Scotty with a Trident scanner mm-hmm. fourth in the Star Trek legends series. Yeah. I have the first three, so I have to get this one. And I guess the scene for this year is from arena Kirk fighting the Gorn captain. Mm-hmm. Featuring sound and music from the episode. So, dun 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 dun. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I, I think I'm going to have to get back into these. Yeah, because I, uh, not so much that Gorn one, but I will definitely get the Calvin and I have to get Scotty. All right. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> That's what Aaron has to get. <laughs> To feed his Hallmark crack addiction. Uh, Speaking of crack-like <laughs> substances, I don't know. Um, yeah. Pez? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I own both of these. The I do as well. Toss and the uh, TNG. I believe Marty does as well. They're cool. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I hope they do one for every series. I don't know if that's uh, going to happen, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could see them doing one for the newest Star Trek, the new movies. Yeah, I can see them doing that too. Not going to lie, I would really like a Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise one. I think that'd be cool. Like, collect them all. (laughs) Yeah, got to have them all. Now, have you opened them? No. No? Those are in their original packaging. (laughs) See, I... I've mentioned this before too. I now own two uh, of the TNG ones. Oh, okay. So I'm kind of tempted to open one. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I think I will. I think you. I think you should enjoy the Pez candy. <laughs> well, I don't know <laughs> if I will actually enjoy it, <laughs> but I feel like I should. Yeah, why Treat not? Myself, right? Yeah. And uh, last on our collectibles mm-hmm. are costumes. Uh, I think we mentioned before the Roddenberry shop sells the uniform patterns, mm-hmm. but they also feature all kinds of costuming as accessories like the pins, yep. belt buckles, all that stuff. Yeah, I especially like the the belt buckles and like any of the metal uniform accessories from I the have, original movies. Yeah, I have some of those. So I've uh-huh. got I've got the belt buckle that's like the circle with the delta symbol that's on mm-hmm. their belt. I've yep. got that one. Uh, I also have the United Federation of Planets uh, belt buckle that the oh, admirals cool. wore. That's awesome. They sell a lot of great uh, metal uh, buckles and pins and really neat stuff. Next is rubies. Mm-hmm. And they have licensed TOS, TNG, and costumes from the 2009 movie. And they also have Spock ears and other latex masks. They have the Locutus of Borg mask. That oh, God. We mentioned. The one that we mentioned. <laughs> yeah, they make it. They're the ones that make it. Oh, no. Yeah, and they <laughs> that also one a, was really creepy though. They have a wharf one. <laughs> what? Yeah, they have a wharf <laughs> one, uh, and they have some from the original series as well. Some masks. That's which crazy. Is cool. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. They also have a from the 2009 movie a phaser replica, uh, but it's orange and white. 
Oh, uh, I'm sure you could repaint that. I, I, you could. I know. I know they do that for the safety reasons. Like, right. it looks like a gun. Uh, don't right. do it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So next is probably out of my price range, but Enovos. Yes, out of way out of my price range, but mm-hmm. God, would I love one of those? Yeah. Totally. They just announced uh, the replica of Worf's Baldrick, his sash. Oh, that's cool. Like, the, not the first season one, right? No. Okay, good. The, the <laughs> one he used in the rest of the series. Okay, Get good. This. Hand metal chained and produced with the same materials produced by the original guy who made them from the show. What? That is crazy. And crazy expensive. I would um, imagine. It's uh let me let, let me get to their pricing on, mm-hmm. on this. But it was actually featured in um one of this season's uh Big Bang Theory episodes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they are making very, very few of these, obviously because of the time involved. Right. They're all handmade, uh eight to ten weeks delivery oh. time. The full price is $1,200. $1,200. You can make a layaway payment of $450. (laughs) There's no more accurate prop that Mm -hmm. you're going to get than this. Created by Bear Burge. He's the guy who made these for the next generation. Mm -hmm. So he hand metal forms and chain links every one of these. That is insane. Yeah, and it features like the leather that's interwoven between the chains and also um, his emblems mm-hmm. that, are, that are on his baldrick. So they're all hand-produced. I think they're only going to make like 10 of these maximum. Mm. Let's move on to our subspace channels. All hailing frequencies <laughs> open. And today's question... What is your most prized or what is your favorite Star Trek collectible? Do you have a favorite collectible? Out of all my Star Trek stuff. Actually, I would have to say one of my favorite pieces right now that I actually have uh, displayed, it's not boxed away somewhere, is uh, Captain Picard First Contact statue. Oh. It's about... I would say maybe 12 inches tall. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's uh, he's carrying the his phaser rifle. Okay. And he has uh, the jacket off, so it's that alternate vest version. Right. Okay. But it's one of my favorite pieces just because I love First Contact. Mm-hmm. Picard's awesome. <laughs> and it's I got it for a really cheap price i got it for like 20 bucks oh wow it, it retails it retailed for like 120 how about oh. you um well i have some collector's plates which i really 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 like actually one i don't have them displayed because i don't want them to break but i have a best of both worlds collector's plate mm-hmm. that has gold trim and uh, so, like, there's this, like, best of both worlds scene, like, painted onto this plate. Oh. So, it's really, it's not, like, not something you eat off of. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah, uh, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it has Picard, Shelby, Riker. Uh, I want to say it has Locutus. It has a Borg cube. It has the Enterprise D. 
Um, it's, it's really awesome. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's my favorite, but that's definitely up there. I so guess what, should, are our, <laughs> what are our Twitter followers say? Yeah, I know this oh, is the oh, those guys. Oh, those guys. Uh, yeah. So we have at little cute girl 86 who says, I will have to say Star Trek Barbie and Ken. Those are the only ones I have. Um, those, those are neat. I mean, yep. Star Trek over the years has gone into many different realms of companies. And personally, I, I mean, I don't collect Barbies, but <laughs> I thought... I thought they were cool when, when they came out. So next we have at Ladybird83. It would be my postcard of war signed by Michael Dorn. Awesome. Totally. Next we have at Arcade underscore bros, which is another show on the four eyed radio network. Plug. <laughs> Plug. They actually gave us two answers. The first one was the Akbar Trap or Keeper. Lame. That's not even a Star Trek collectible. Come on. Yeah. And then a phaser that is set to murder. Oh. <laughs> uh, so obviously the those were you know uh, kind of. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, those were kind of <laughs> silly. Next, I've got two of my Twitter friends who responded to this. Mm-hmm. So at Toy Empire says. I love Star Trek toys and collectibles. Star Trek toys are some of my favorites. The USS Defiant is my favorite out of my collection. I still want to pick up the DS9 station, which is my second fave. If I could pick that up, I definitely would. Totally. Um, I think he means the, the Playmates versions. Right. Then we have at Mr. Yellow. Uh, Mego stuff indeed. The figures, bridge playset, communicator, tricorder, etc. So yeah, I mean, we've been talking about the Mego figures and just researching the pictures and everything. I kind of want some of these. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Turning to Facebook, uh, we have Eric Dewey of the Socially Awkward studios podcast on the four ride radio network eric dewey also does the science and beer show two of my favorite things Uh, (laughs) me too so mr dewey says i had a picture of the tng bridge crew that i had signed by brent spiner and marina sirtis at yeah, one of, Sirtis, yeah. Sirtis, yeah, I am terrible at names, <laughs> pronouncing anything. Uh, at one of, at the one and only convention I've ever been to, that has to be my favorite uh, because it reminds me of meeting them. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah. I, I like when a collectible triggers a certain memory. I, yeah. I think that makes it more special. Oh, yeah, totally. Next, we have Chris L, who also does clean on translation. Um, you know a lot of people who do Klingon translation. <laughs> yeah. He also makes apps for WebOS as well. I have to pick just one. Uh, does my wall of Klingons with signed photos of nearly every Klingon actor count? I say that counts. <laughs> yeah, that's totally. That's pretty epic uh, that he would have almost every actor who's played a Klingon. Uh, yeah. Is their autograph. Wow. Uh Props to Chris, because I I think that's really cool. I Mm -hmm. mean, if uh, my thing is, if you're going to collect anything, 
go at it full force. Like, yeah. go big or don't do it at all. Mm-hmm. So totally. I, I think he's I think he's really uh, living that with with that because that would be epic. It's a wall of Klingons. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So that does it this week for the subspace channels. Communications closed, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> so next, the final segment of the show. Do you know what puts my quantum state into flux? What is putting your quantum state into flux that we can argue about continuously? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, So, in the original series, we see androids all the time. All the time, we see androids. In the episode, iMud, they were easily able to produce thousands of models. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the time of the next generation, we only saw data in other Soong-type androids. Androids by this point in history seem to be very rare. How could this be true? Does no member of the Federation have the technical expertise to construct androids? Maybe. Outside of the original series androids and the Soong-type androids of the next generation, the only other appearance that I can recall is in in the Voyager episode Prototype. Mm-hmm. But even in that episode, the automated personnel unit was referred to mostly as a robot. This, however, may have been to echo the insinuation that data is a rarity. So even though the Federation might not have androids other than data and now before, why haven't they encountered civilizations outside of the Federation with their own androids in the 24th century? I have to say... I agree with you on this one. Okay. This I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, this actually, now that you brought this up, this is putting my quantum state in the flux. Right. Because you're right. We did see quite a few androids in the original series. Mm-hmm. And whatever computer system it was, Kirk would always be like, here's some illogical statement. <laughs> error, error. Right. But some of the androids in the original series they actually looked like real people, kind of like right. data. Mm-hmm. Like they mimicked humanity enough to where it actually confused people. Right. And yeah. And then why is it by the next generation? It's like, oh my God, data. I've heard so much about you. Oh, oh data. Like, right. like he's obviously he's one of a kind, mm-hmm. but why? Right. You would think from the original series to next gen, so either something happened in the Star Trek universe where androids were like, this is forbidden. Screw mm-hmm. androids. Like we n- never make them ever again. Mm-hmm. And soon broke the rules, but that's never really implied. Right. And there were f- Starfleet officers trying in cybernetics, trying to take data to make more of data. Yeah. And it's like, what made soon so special? Like why were his androids so different that other people were trying to replicate that? Right. It, I think this is a great quantum state into flux because I am totally fluxed. Yeah. It, it <laughs> makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't. And you're right. Like we should see other alien civilizations with their own androids or robotic mm-hmm. servants or the equivalent. Right. I know and, we I know we kind of have the Borg, but those are cyborgs. It's right. Yeah, it's 
damn it. <laughs> yeah. It's the only thing I can think of is because they needed, they want to make data so ultimately special and unique that they didn't want to have uh, any kind of competition. And like, they never even reference androids from the original series. Uh, they weren't Federation androids, but there but, were still androids right. that, that were created in the alpha quadrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> I I totally agree with you on this one. No, oh, well, this is the first time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe someday you actually like uh, Voyager. Well, but- let's not get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you want to talk about next week? So, this uh, Fathom event that's coming up that features the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. I think it would be good to have a best of Borg episodes where we talk about these episodes and what maybe what make the Borg such a omnipotent opponent. Great. So prepare to be assimilated oh, in the next episode <laughs> of Starfleet Escape Podcast. Sounds good. Well, for the Starfleet Escape podcast, I'm Eric Berry. And I'm Aaron Gallo. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to the Starfleet Escape podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where you can catch a new episode every other Monday. You can find us on the web at sfescapepod.com, on Twitter at sfescapepod, or on Facebook dot com slash sf escape pod <laughs>